Thanks for tuning in to the Lake Forest Church Podcast. Lake Forest is a community for people who have given up on church, but not on God. If you'd like to learn more about our churches in Huntersville, Davidson, and Denver, North Carolina, you can check us out online at lakeforest.org. The Lord's Prayer. It is beautiful. And it did not even have a chance to help my team against Clemson yesterday. So uh, I know that sometimes you need prayer, sometimes you need players. So uh, we, we, didn't have, we didn't have either uh, within that, but it's... Uh, so good to be with you guys. It's always fun to be with you. Um, and if I haven't got a chance to meet you, I hope after the service you might come and introduce yourself. But it's always a lot of fun, especially for me when we come together and we, uh, it's not just I'm supposed to inspire you with a sermon or anything like that, but we're here to learn together. And that's what this series really is, teach, teach us to pray. It's not just a teach me, it's not uh, that person, but it truly is an us. Uh, prayer is one of those things, no matter if you just started coming to church, you've grown up in the church, it's a place where we can all grow. And that's kind of what we're focusing on today. We're, we're learning how to uh, talk with God. And, and my focus today is uh, teaching us ways to pray. And I hope that you, part of what you understand a lot of times when we talk about prayer, a number, some people may say to you, well, prayer is just having a conversation with God, which is true. It's uh, prayer is being able to just tell my heart to God. Now, I made that statement to a friend, uh, his name was Tim, a few years ago, and I said, you know, Tim, prayer is just having a conversation with God. It's just kind of telling your heart to God. And his response was, oh, that's why it's so hard. I went, what do you mean? He said, if it's having a conversation and talking with God and it's sharing your heart, I don't do that well with anybody. And I thought that was really profound. I thought that was very appropriate for us in the sense that we're talking about having a conversation with God. And a lot of us, we don't know how to talk with our spouses. We don't know how to talk with our children. We don't know how to talk to our friends. And I just appreciated his honesty. And if we're honest, if, if we could just get God a cell phone, we'd have a lot better because we know how to text we know how to email, but we don't necessarily know how to have a conversation. So even in moving from a, a face-to-face conversation with a person and having a conversation with God, that's difficult sometimes. And so we turn uh, to the church a lot of times and asking to pray because we're learning how to talk. I do uh, pre-marriage counseling, and so anytime I'm doing a wedding for somebody, I take them through five sessions of pre-marriage, and three of those are focused on ways to talk to each other. And so it's appropriate that we come to the church and say, teach me to pray. Teach us to pray. And that's what we're here today. We're learning how to pray. Now, I've been a part of the church for a long time, uh, since I was three. And, but there's a lot of, I've been a part of church uh, for a, num- a lot, a lot, a lot of years. And there are four ways that I have learned how to pray in the church that I want to share with you. And for those of you who've been a part of the church, you may be very familiar with these ways of prayer. The first one is what we call the Father Weegis prayer. The Father Weegis prayer. It goes like this. Father, we just ask that you would do this. Father, we just ask that you would do that. A lot of prayers, you'll hear it, pay attention to it. We'll start with Father, we just. And so that's the Father Weegis prayer. The second prayer I've learned in the church is the harder prayer. You know how the harder prayer goes? The harder prayer goes like this. Would you pray for this for me? But then when it doesn't happen, they come back and ask you, would you pray harder? 
Because somehow, some reason, God didn't listen to your first prayer, so I need you to pray harder. Now, I personally have no idea what praying harder looks like. But I'm assuming that if the iPhone figures out a way to connect it, that you could lose weight uh, in praying harder. And so I'm not sure what that looks like. The third one is the one that I love the most, is the give you counsel prayer. Here's how the give you counsel prayer works. I come to you and I ask you, hey, would you ask God to give me wisdom? Yes, let's pray right now. And we begin to pray. And at the end of 20 minutes for praying for me, they have never once talked to God. They've just given me counsel during that prayer time. You ever prayed with people who just uh, the whole time that you've noticed, you know, you've really never asked God anything. You've given me a lot of teaching and a lot of coaching. Here's my favorite way of praying, though, in the church is the most popular is the just thought you should know prayer. Here's how the just thought you should know prayer goes. Hey, don't let them know I told you, but so-and-so is doing so-and-so. I just thought you should know so you could pray for them. Now, the church is known as the just thought you should know prayer. In other circles, it's known as gossip, okay? But sometimes we can tend to... Uh, do a lot of gossiping in prayer. So those are four ways of praying that I'm going to encourage you not to adapt. This morning, I'm going to walk through us with four different ways of praying that I hope that you will grab a hold of. And I actually believe that you'll embrace these four little things that you will find that your communication with God and your talking with God will grow immensely. Jesus began his day with healings and miracles. And as he was doing this, he looked around after a good amount of time, and he noticed that there's just a large crowd of people that are following him. And so he decides that this is a great moment for me to teach. And so he goes up on a mountainside, and he begins to teach where everybody can hear, and these hundreds of people can gather around and listen. In Matthew chapter 6, this is known as the Sermon on the Mount. And it's in this time that in Matthew 6 that he begins to teach people about how to live your life in a way that honors God. But specifically, he's talking to them about how to live your life, not paying attention to what others think of you, but living your life in front of God and God alone. He gets to the topic of prayer. And in this topic of prayer, he talks about two ways for you to pray. One of those ways is to pray in private. He notices that as you look around, there are a lot of people who look spiritual and they look wonderful because they're praying out front of everybody, but they're really trying to say, look at me. And he says, if you're struggling with that, I encourage you, go in private and pray. Let your needs be known to God in private, focusing on him and not what others think. The second thing, second way he says to pray is keep it simple. Don't babble like the pagans. Those are his words. He says, part of it for us with prayer is we feel like sometimes that if I talk more, then I can actually convince God. And he's simply saying that God already knows what you need. God already knows what you want. He needs you to speak it to him, but keep it simple. When my children were smaller, they come to me with things that I wanted them to tell me, but I already knew what they were thinking, I already knew what they needed, I already knew what they wanted, but it was vital that they would come to me and to speak that, because that's what relationship is. And it groomed 
so much of what our adulthood relationship is because as little kids, they learn how to talk to a father that they love and also that they respect it. And now we have a rich relationship of being able to talk. Why? Because I knew what they wanted, what they needed, but they needed to express it. But it could be simple. And then Jesus looks at these folks and says, let me give you an example. And that's where we find Matthew 6, 9 through 13, what is known as the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. It's a very simple prayer. If you even notice, uh, what we have today in the, uh, what we know as the Lord's Prayer is, for thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever and ever, and amen. That's not a part of the early manuscripts. This was added on later in helping us to learn to pray. But when we think about prayer and specifically ways to pray, I want us to grab a hold of this Lord's Prayer and notice four things that have really helped me in my own prayer life that I'm going to share with you. And there are four elements of prayer, four ways to pray that we're going to focus on this morning. One is praise, the other is rawness, the other is admitting and yielding. If you would embrace this acronym of pray, I believe that you will find your conversations with God growing immensely. Praise, rawness, admitting, and yielding. Let me kind of tell you where we're going to go the rest of our time together. We're going to unpack all four of these elements. I'm going to talk a little bit about what each of them look like, what they mean, even our posture as we're praying these places. But I'm also give you some psalms. I'm going to give you psalms that can help you learn how to pray in these ways. I believe one of the best ways of learning how to pray is taking your Bible, open it right to the middle, and you're going to find the psalms. And in those psalms are languages that we can learn how to speak. There are a lot of things that are on my heart that I want to be able to say to God, but I don't necessarily know how to articulate it, and the psalms really help us do that. So I'm going to give you a number of those psalms. Then after that, we're actually going to pray. We're going to spend a good amount of time together praying through these four different elements. In no way, in no situation am I going to embarrass you, put you on the spot, but right where you are, I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer. So I hope that you would practice a little bit today, even if this is the first time you've ever talked with God. So let me lead us in that. Let's focus on this first one, the P of praise. What is praise? Prayers of praise. For me, praise has always been turning your face instead of your back to God with whatever you're going through. God, you are so great, you are so amazing that I can turn my face and not my back towards you. Last week, uh, Aaron preached on being able to look up That as we look at prayer, that our posture is looking up, looking up to the God in heaven and being able to come to him and to face him. And I encourage you to go back and to listen to this sermon about looking up and face to face with God. Another thing you're going to hear in Aaron's sermon is he's going to say in that sermon last week, he's going to tell you what we're learning this series. He's going to tell you in that sermon, hey, next week we're going to talk about ways to pray. Then he's going to say, and the week after that, oh, you got to be here. Holly Worsley's going to come back. And then he says the week after that, oh, you got to be here because we're going to talk 
talk about vision stuff. So basically what you're going to hear Aaron say last week in his sermon is, this is the week you need to skip. (laughs) That's all I heard when he said that. For those of you who are here, something's going to happen next week. But the week after you need to be here, the week after you need to be here. Just thought I should tell you face to face what you said in your sermon. If you don't believe me, go back and watch it. I did. So I appreciate all of you not listening to his sermon last week and being here this week. Every chance I get to get you, brother, I'm going to take But part of relationship with God, part of praise truly is that as amazing and big and huge and great, I'm going to recognize that about you. And all of that I can recognize and I can come face to face with you. There's nothing in you, God, that causes me to turn my back. Everything in you is good. And so therefore I turn my face to you. Here's some psalms for you to learn how to pray prayers of praise. And as you're writing these down, would you just listen to the words of Psalm 95? Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth, the mountain peaks. They belong to him. The sea is his. He made it for his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. He is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Imagine praying that every morning with whatever is going on, that your day begins with the God who created everything. He calls me his sheep. He calls me the one under his care. And he will watch over me. You see, when the world seems to be out of control and not making sense, praise is the place you start. In that whatever is going on in me, I can come face to face with the one who created everything. What about your posture? In times of praise, this is the time where my head does go up most of the time. In times of praise, my hands go out like this, and I am here. I'm recognizing all of you. And there are times when I do also praise that I recognize that you are above all. And so even the posture of my hands, the turning, is a way of saying, not just with my words, but my whole body, I am coming and I am praising you. Posture in prayer is important. So this morning, we are going to pray together. We're going to praise together. And I'm going to ask uh, for you to participate this, but we're going to praise a prayer of uh, Psalm 150. We're going to allow Psalm 150 to guide us. Psalm 150 is the very last psalm. It ends with, we've all been praying together, but it ends with this picture of let everything join in praising God. So I'm going to ask, would we stand, that would be our posture, in a way of all of us joining with all of creation that we are going to praise. And so let me ask, would you put your hands up and let's start swaying. I'm just kidding, don't do that. 
I got a few of you out of your comfort zone already just by standing. You're good. Now, if you want to raise your hands, do that, but I'm not going to ask all of us to do that. Just in the simpleness of our standing together, would you pray? Let's pray this together and allow the words of Psalm 150 to change you. Let's pray this together. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? That in my posture, in my attitude, that I am joining in with everything that has breath in praising the Lord. What a beautiful way to begin your day. You may be seated. Part of what praise does opens wide the next way of praying. It's a prayer of rawness, honest revelation of how you see life. I believe this is the hardest, most difficult part of prayer, but we have to begin with realizing that the God who created all things, the God who is over all things, is one that we can come to with our face and begin to say, honestly, this is how I see life. And why pretend? He created everything, he knows everything, but he needs us to voice the way that we actually see things. When my children were smaller, I knew what they wanted, I knew what they were thinking, but I needed them to speak it. It's the relationship. This is what we're talking about. What do you need? Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, I need a job, I need food. I need the mortgage paid. Just being honest, Lord. Where have you been raw in just allowing your honesty to come before God? Where have you praying for healing, for help, for hope? Where have you prayed for your hate, your hurt, your heart? Maybe you've done that for yourself. Where does somebody else need you to pray for help? Their hurt, their hate. Where do you find yourself before God saying, I need you to remove this cancer? Please heal this addiction. Lord, would you take this depression? Father, I need help. I need your counsel. I need you to protect my family. Praying for hope. Please do not let me give up. Would you give me some kind of hope for my marriage because I don't see it lasting? Where have you prayed your hates? Destroy injustice. God, I despise them. Make them miserable. Where have you prayed your hurt? I hate them for doing this to me. I am so disappointed. God, do you care at all? Where have you allowed yourself to just be very raw? in your prayers. 
Or do you think that, well, that's disrespectful. Maybe God can't handle it. He can. Face to face, being raw with Him. Psalms of rawness, there's some here I'll put on the screen. And as they're up on the screen, you're grabbing a hold of them. I encourage you to just listen to the psalmist and his rawness. But here's Psalm 3. Here's an example. Arise, Lord. Deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. When's the last time you prayed that prayer? When's the last time you've wanted to pray that prayer? You have permission. Psalm 13. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I'm going to sleep in death. My enemy's going to say, I've overcome him. My foes are going to rejoice when I fall. When's the last time you've been able to be that honest with God? I lost my dad uh, over 15 years ago on Veterans Day. So tomorrow will be the anniversary of losing him over 15 years ago. But I grieved the loss of my dad over 30 years ago. See, I was number six of seven children, and as I've grown to be a father and having just two, I realized that by the time it got to me, my dad was just worn out, okay? But the pressures and all that, but the other part is he was a Navy guy, he was rough, he was tough, but he also grew up under a father and a mother who, the only expressions my dad knew how to express were sarcasm and anger. Those were the only two things. And so I never heard the words from my dad, I love you. I'm proud of you. And when I was 21 years old, I prayed the rawest prayer I had ever prayed with a lot of anger, hurt, tears, some at my dad, most of it at God. How could you as a loving father put me in a place where I'll never have a relationship with this guy? This man doesn't know how to express love for his own children. And I remember just being raw and angry and hurt But it was in that prayer that God changed everything in me. Everything in me moved from hurt and bitterness and hatred into hope and forgiveness. And my hope for my relationship with my dad never became this place that, okay, I need to hear the words I love you from him. Lord, would you please give that? That was there, but I gave up on that. But my hope turned to, Lord, would you use me to tell him? I love you. Would you use my marriage to tell him we love you? Would you use me that maybe through his grandchildren, he might actually speak the words, I love you, even if I never hear those? And so for the next 15 years, I made a phone call to my dad. Every time I talked with my dad, I ended it with, I love you. And the most I ever got back was, Tell Virginia and the kids, we love y'all. That's all he could get. But it was a lot more than he had ever given. And so God changed just from a rawness and a, 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 a hurtful prayer, a place of hope. But it took up me being honest. And I encourage you, if you've not been honest with God, whatever it is that you need to be raw and honest with him.
I believe even in that imposture sometimes when I pray prayers like that, sometimes my fists are gripped because I'm angry. Whatever your posture would be, let your body also speak it. Now, this is a difficult prayer to pray here in public because everybody's around. It's hard. I'm not gonna have, we're not going to have much time. But this morning, I do want to begin some of that. If there's something that is triggered for you that you've never been honest and raw with God about, would you allow yourself to pray that this morning in our time? And maybe it's, Lord, you and I just need to talk. And here's what we need to talk about. And later today... When nobody else is around, I'm going to pull myself away, and you and I are just going to be honest. And I'm going to talk with you. Would you just bow your heads right now? Let me ask everybody if you would do that. And just for a minute right now, maybe there's something you've never been honest with God about that you just need to not worry about how you say it, but you just need to say it to him. Would you just quietly say that now? And then I'm going to continue our prayer with Psalm 142. But for right now, what do you need to be raw with him about? you, while your heads are still bowed, just allow Psalm 142 to continue your prayer. I cry aloud to the Lord, lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before him my complaint. Before him I tell my trouble. When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who watch over my way. But in the path where I walk, people, they've hidden a snare for me. Look and see. There is no one at my right hand. There's no one concerned for me. God, I have no refuge. No one, absolutely no one cares for my life. But I cry to you, Lord, and I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Father, thank you for the psalmist who is teaching us that we can be honest and raw in front of you. Hear our prayers. Amen. When we're willing to be honest with God, it actually opens up another door for us to then honest, be honest with ourselves. And this is the piece of the prayer which I call admitting. Prayers of admitting. Honest confession of my sin and God's mercy. I'm asking you, God, for help, but if I'm honest, I need to confess to you I'm not trusted you. I'm asking you, God, I'm being honest about my hate toward this person, but if I'm honest, I recognize that for every reason you should hate me, but you haven't. I'm longing, Lord, for hope, but I have to be honest that I've not followed the things you've asked me to follow that would give me hope. See, that's what admitting does. It puts me in the right place of recognizing that I'm a part of this too. 
It doesn't mean I shouldn't be honest, but when I also admit my sin confession, I realize that God has been very patient with me. And so part of the reason we don't see God's faithfulness, a lot of times we don't see his mercy and grace, is because we've not come to him and said, i got to be honest. This is just what I've done. These are my shortcomings. These are my sin. Would you remind me as I speak these of your faithfulness? But we tend with this part come to God as a deal. Hey, God, I know that I haven't done everything great, but if you'll do this, then I'll start doing this. But God has said, there's no deals with me. I just need you to come and say, God, I haven't done this. And he says, yeah, I know. But let me show you how my hand has still been on you. And if you'll trust me, let me show you how my hand will continue to be on you. There's a place where we have to confess. We have to be prayers of admitting our honest failures before God. Psalm 32, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. Day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you. I did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. You will only know the forgiveness of the Lord if you're willing to confess and admit. Here are some psalms for admitting on the screen for you. And these are the times where most of the time I'm praying with my hands open, sometimes with my head down because of shame. But even as I confess, I try to purposefully move my head up as a receiving of God's forgiveness. Some of the times I pray this with my hands under my heart, just as a symbol of saying, I'm trying to just be honest with you, God, with the brokenness of my heart. Posture is so important. I'm going to ask you, would you bow your heads again? And would you just take a moment, if anything has come to mind, I don't have to, you don't have to force it, but is there anything that's come to mind that you've just not confessed to the Lord, that you have not admitted? Lord, this is true of me. Would you pray that right now? And, and I'm going to continue our prayer with Psalm 51 in just a moment. But right now, just admit. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions. My sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are right in your verdict. You're justified when you judge. Cleanse me. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me. I'll be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy, gladness. Let the bones you've crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins. Blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God. 
Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Hear our prayer, Lord. Amen. I hope you're tasting a little bit of why the Psalms are so important. Everything that I've read to you, I wish I could articulate sometimes to God, but I don't know how to say that stuff. But the Psalms really help me to speak what is true in my heart. So when I come to prayer, I don't have to be prideful that I've got to make this up, I've got to figure this out. I can come on those who have learned how to talk to God and to begin to pray. And it leads me to this final piece of yielding prayers. Yielding, recognizing that God, you're the creator, I am the created. See, when I talk with God, I'm naming my perspective. I'm being honest about the way I see life. I'm being honest about the way I see the world. I'm recognizing the brokenness of this world. I'm recognizing my own brokenness. And ultimately, I come to a place where I'm praying, God, do you care at all about the reality of this world? And that's what I'm being honest about. I'm coming to you face to face because this is who you are, your creator. But this is the way I see life. Do you care about the real world, God? And it's then in those prayers that God says, I care about the real world. And Mitch, you're not living in it. Reality is not on earth. Reality is in heaven. My kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. But Mitch, you cannot get my perspective unless you're honest about your perspective. And this is what prayer does. It's never an escape, but it's also always an entry into the real world. Prayer is our best vehicle for understanding his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And the only way we can understand his kingdom is if we're able to be honest about our perspective and then he calls us Is it your will to be done, Mitch, or is it mine? So let me tell you what the kingdom is like, Mitch. You see, Jesus Christ is the kingdom come to earth. Mitch, my son has brought reality into the unreality. And that's why you hear Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount always talking about, you've heard it was said, but I tell you. This is the way the kingdom really operates. In God's world, the first shall be last. The least shall be the greatest. Blessed are the poor and the meek. It's in God's world that God himself humbled himself, became last, made himself into a man, came to this world, lived among us, conquered sin, died on a cross, was descended into hell, rose up, taken and put at the right-hand side of God where he sits now, interceding on your and my behalf. And so when I'm able to say, Jesus, do you care about the real world? He says, I do. And I know the real world. I've been there. And Mitch, it's good for us to talk. Because I have conquered your sin. You are no longer a slave. I have conquered death. And now I can use you to bring my kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. But the only way we get there is if we're able to come to him and talk with him honestly. And yet yielding. You remember the psalm I read earlier, Psalm 13? How long, Lord? 
How long will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts day after day, sorrow in my heart? Remember that one? Here's the way that psalm ended. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. That's a yielding prayer. That I can be honest, but yet in the end, you are God and you have been good to me and I will come underneath your will. Here's some psalms of yielding for you. A lot of times our pride won't allow us to get to this place. We're going to spend the rest of our time together in a yielding prayer. And I'm going to encourage you to consider the posture you choose. And again, I know this isn't the perfect atmosphere for praying and around all other people, uh, but I'm going to encourage you just again so we can practice together to pick the posture that you want. Maybe for some of you, you need to stand and your hands are like this, I'm yielding. Maybe some of you just need to stay seated as a humbleness and saying, God, I, I need to yield to you. Some of you may want to even turn around and kneel um, uh, towards your chairs. Some of you may say, I just need to get up and I need to find a quiet corner here. I'm going to leave that posture up to you. Don't worry about what other people around you are thinking. But I'm going to lead us through Psalm 86 as the band quietly plays. And we're just going to take a few moments and yield. So would you let me, as one of your pastors, guide you through this time in a place that you're comfortable, okay? Would you bow your heads or take whatever posture, take the posture that you long to take right now. Psalm 86. Allow this to be a part of our praise. You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. Among the gods, there is none like you, Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, Lord. They will glory, bring glory to your name, for you are great and you do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. In your own words, just allow your prayer to continue in praise of Him. Listen to the admittance of Psalm 86. Hear me, Lord, and answer me. I am poor and needy. Guard my life. I'm faithful to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servants, for I put my trust in you. Let those words just continue. In your own words, let those words continue.
hear these words of Psalm 86 as a part of our yielding. This is part of our yielding. Whatever posture you need to take to yield, teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. I yield to you. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.